following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Green Over Everything podcast, where we talk passionately about our love for the Philadelphia Eagles and our hate for the Dallas Cowboys. My name is John Brown. Mike Jones will join me momentarily. Let's turn off the lights, y'all. The party is over. The Eagles 2019-2020 season has come to an end. It ended last Sunday at the hands of the Seattle Seahawks. We'll get into all of that on today's show. Now, I can't lie. I was a little disappointed at the end of the game. I was disappointed. I was sad and disappointed because in the end, our season is over. The Philadelphia Eagles season is now over. But let me keep it a buck with y'all. Let me keep it a hundred. I was sad, I was disappointed, but I wasn't mad. I don't feel like there was a need to be mad. I wasn't angry. Now, you know who was angry? That would be the Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans are mad. They're big mad. For real. Cowboys fans are mad. They're mad at this whole playoff picture. And we'll get into the why momentarily. But my conversation with my man, Mike Jones, a.k.a. Jonesy, starts with him giving his spin on why the Cowboys are so mad. I'm going to just start with the hypothetical. Imagine, hypothetically speaking, right, that you are a cockroach Cowboys fan. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, now just stomach that for a second. I know it's tough. But but imagine, hypothetically, you're a cockroach Cowboys fan. I'm feeling nauseous already. As a cockroach Cowboys fan, you came into the season knowing that Jerry Jones is the owner, that Jason Garrett, the chronic clapping yes man, is still your coach, and your quarterback is still developing. He's got talent, but all the questions haven't been answered yet. You know these things at the start of the season. So as you get to week end, teams start losing. And then you get to week 16 and you lose to the Eagles and your season's pretty much over. Like when a Cowboys fan tells me they're mad, not mad, I believe it. Because I think they accepted the situation when Jay, years ago, knowing Jason Garrett shouldn't, should have been fired. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I, I think they're just numb to it at this point. I disagree. I disagree. And this is why. I disagree because, quite frankly, I feel like they try too hard to take pleasure out of the way the Eagles lost. Now, you, I mean, you sat and watched, and and I will admit, for for me, for me, it was all in fun. I had a very fun back and forth exchange with a good friend of the show, Ashley. Mm -hmm. No, shout out to Ashley. Yeah. You know, I, I like Ashley a lot, but Ashley was just begging for the smoke. She was, you know, she, it, it, she was talking, she was laying out her plan. And to me, it just sounded like, hey, Brown, can you give me this smoke? And I did. This is why Cowboys fans are mad. You know, they're like, hey, what happened in the game? What happened in the game? All oh, the Eagles lost. Eagles lost. Y'all are losers. Whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, 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 we lost, you know. But honestly, I look at how we lost, the situations, and why we lost, and no, I'm not mad. And this is why Dallas fans are still mad. Because at the end, that team on Sunday that lost 
to the Seahawks ended the Dallas Cowboys season. Now, I understand everything that you laid out and why the Dallas Cowboys imploded. They imploded because of their owner, who's also the GM, and their coach. They had. We talked about this on podcasts in the past. We talked about this in depth on the last offense, defense, and discourse. Dak Prescott had a very impressive season. Zeke Elliott had a very impressive season. Amari Cooper had a very impressive season. Yet they finished eight and eight under Jason Garrett. They finished eight and eight a whole lot. They never strung together. But so here's the thing. Yeah, I understand. They're not. Yes, they're the definition of mediocrity. But for twenty plus years. Dallas Cowboys fans want to shoehorn themselves into the NFL conversation like they're relevant. And they're not. And they haven't been. They haven't been for years. So no, they're not numb to it. There's a difference. Cleveland Browns fans are numb to their their franchise's mediocrity. That's a, a fan base that's numb to their mediocrity. Dallas Cowboys fans will never be numb to their mediocrity because they believe in their hearts that they're the cream of the crop. They believe in their hearts that they're America's team. And yes, I understand that there's absolutely no logical explanation or no logical reason why the Dallas Cowboys should even be considered America's team, but that's why it goes out the window. There is no logic. There is no objectivity when you're dealing with Dallas Cowboys fans. The fact of the matter is, the reason why they can sit there and say, hey, they're numb to it because they they realize the problem, they understand the problem, and the problem's been the problem for years. No, that's why they mad. They believe that they're the gold standard, despite the fact that, on one hand, Jason Garrett is their second highest winning coach in franchise history, yet this man never pieced together two good seasons in a row. Jason Garrett finished with four eight and eight seasons and one nine and seven season. He is the epitome of mediocrity. That's why they took so much pleasure. Dallas Cowboys fans took so much pleasure and they swear that we're mad. But what do we really have to be mad about? We've sat here and watched, you know, under Doug Peterson, this Eagles team, we've watched this team, you know, fly in the face of adversity Three years in a row. They were injury plagued in 2017. They lost Carson Wentz. They lost Jason Peters. They lost Darren Sproles. And they still pieced it together and went and won the Super Bowl. They follow that up. They lose Carson Wentz again. They lose other key players in the game. What ends up happening? They still go to the playoffs and they still win a game. This year, devastated by injuries. Carson Wentz, yes, he does stay healthy for for 16 games. But they lose Lane Johnson. They lose Brandon Brooks. They lose Alshon Jeffrey. They lose Deshaun Jackson. They lose Nelson Aguilar. Lost Jordan Howard for a couple uh for a bunch of games still were able to win the division and and give a pretty good, a darn good run against the Seattle team, even though they lost Carson Wentz in the first quarter. Just like you said, you thought you were in a better mood than me at the beginning of the show. And I'm saying, you know, maybe, 
But in the end, I'm disappointed because, hey, you know what? They lost. Losses will always disappoint me. If you want to bring up objectivity, I get it. You know, I you know, I could be objective. We knew the deck was stacked against this. And basically, it was insurmountable once Carson Wentz left. Once Carson Wentz was out of the game, you know what? Hey, it you know, it is what it is. So for me, it's like, you know, yeah, I'm going back and forth with Dallas Cowboys fans who are telling me I'm mad. I'm like, nah, y'all mad? Because the fact of the matter is this team that lost on the team that lost on Sunday, the team with a bunch of players still paying student loans and still got part-time jobs ended the Dallas Cowboys season. They broke Zeke off. They broke Amari Cooper off. And they're debating whether they want to break off Dak Prescott. And in the end, that team of stars, the new big three, the big three that's going to take them into the 20s, into the new decade, that's going to lead them into the future. Their season got ended by by Boston Scott, Greg Ward Jr., Dallas Goddard, and a bunch of other names bunch of other names of guys you haven't heard of that's why i don't you know they're not numb dallas cowboys fans ain't numb to nothing they mad they angry because they sit here and they look at their team and they understand and they say despite jason garrett despite jerry jones we should be able to beat the seattle seahawks but they never even got the chance because they team is butt they cheat they they team watched it. So that's why Dallas Cowboys fans are mad. But if I were a Cowboys fan, and, and I hear you, but if I were a Cowboys fan, I would. Jason Garrett, a Super Bowl winning coach, is a result. Hopefully, Jerry Jones will say, I, this coach has won a Super Bowl. I'm going to let him do his job. And they can get. There's a chance they get out of the me- mediocrity as a result of this. Because let's be honest, they weren't going any further than the Eagles did this year. Not the way Jason Garrett coaches that team. So big picture, the Cowboys fan, they're in a better situation than they were start to start last situation. Here's the issue that I have with that. I hear what you're saying, and that's a lot of objectivity right there. How many truly objective Cowboys fans do you know? That's the best point you made to the entire hit. That's all. Because if you're objective, why would you be a Cowboys fan? Unless you're from Dallas. This is why I'll go back and forth with a Cowboys fan who's telling me I'm mad. Because you laid out a very objective point. Cowboys fans ain't objective. Cowboys fans, have, I'm 43 years old. I've never met an objective Cowboys fan. They mad. They angry. They want... You know, they they want us to be mad and angry like them, but we're not mad and angry like them. I understand. You know what? Yes, they got five Super Bowl rings. For the last 20-something years, since 1996, their last Super Bowl win, they have been an embarrassment. Well, look, I've wasted too much time on Cowboys fans. They're mad, and we're not. You know, that's that's all all there is to it. Shout out to Ashley, though. Ashley was begging for that smoke. She was just begging for it. I had, I had to give it a smoke. But it's all good. Let's talk about this game. Let's let, let's talk about this game. If anything about the game necessarily made me mad, I will say it was the fact that we lost Carson Wentz. It was Carson Wentz's playoff debut. And in the middle of the fourth, uh, excuse me, the first quarter, we lost him due to a concussion. 
People have gone back and forth on whether they thought the hit was dirty. I wanted to get your opinion. Do you believe the hit on Carson Wentz that put him out the game by Jadavian Clowney, do you believe that was a dirty hit? I believe it was a necessary hit. I don't know if I want to go as far as to say dirty. Defensive players, for lack of a better term, get a little excited when that quarterback becomes a run and they have a chance to actually make contact. What stands out to me, and shout mm-hmm. out to, because I believe it was uh, Brandon Lee Gowton from, uh, on Twitter. He post, he made a post of a picture from the Atlanta game. And it was a play that Carson Wentz dove head first into the end, towards the end zone. He dove head first, his momentum mm-hmm. carried him into the end zone. And on that play, they did not score a touchdown because they said as he they uh they said his dive, diving, diving giving he's giving up. himself up. But what they're but on the flip side, they're saying uh, that wasn't giving himself up. But Carson Wentz was not giving himself up when he was diving in the Seattle game when J- when Jadavian Clowney hit him. Oh no. I'm saying they did get that wrong, but like go the same way that we in that previous game were thinking that should have been a wet touchdown for a wet. You know, in football instinct, you see a guy going forward, you could put him down, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it was unnecessary. So I don't know if I want to go as far as to say dirty. Hard to say, yeah, he's aiming intentionally at the head. It was, it was unnecessary shouldn't have happened should have been flat it was a bad hit dirty to me like dirty screams of bill romanowski Vontez, perfect i'm trying to go out the line and been really in far we'll come back to the offense i want to uh switch over to the other side of the ball let's talk about the defense all right, you look at the stat sheet, you're going to see Russ Wilson. He did, he had a monster game, 325 yards, 45 yards rushing, through four touchdowns. DK Metcalf, 160 yards in the game, caught a touchdown pass. Yeah, Seattle, which normally scores 25 points a game, only finished with 17. This is the second time they played this season. They scored 17 points on both games. So given that, given the end result, which was – the defense held Seattle to 17 points. What grade would you give the defense in that game? I, I, I just give them a strong B. You're giving them a B. 17 points is 17 points. I think, and I think we've mentioned this before. That was like the Jim Johnson number back in the Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb era. They believed if they held a team, uh, 17 is if you, you can keep a team to 17 points you should be able to win, which is why we were upset when Seattle came into Philly and won 17-9 during the regular season because we felt like the offense should have been able to do more. And, and this time, you're not quite as upset because the, the situation you have McCown in there, a 40-year-old who's throwing his first postseason pass attempt, you can't really expect a whole lot from the offense. You look the defense, and at no point in that game, multiple times throughout, you know, to come back, get back into the game, the defense gave you a chance. But they did let DK Metcalf go for, what, 160 yards? 
160. Yeah, 160 yards. Somebody's got to do something about it. Now let's move over. To, let's move over to the offense real quick, because Josh McCown in his first game, his first playoff experience ever. 174 yards in relief. Miles Sanders has 69 yards. Boston Sky had 25. Dallas Goddard, who I believe has proven himself to be special. I like the one-two punch that he and Zach Ertz can provide. I want to see more of that in the future. Takes me back to my initial point about being disappointed but not being mad. Let's just fast forward to that fourth quarter. Fourth quarter had two turnovers on downs and the Eagles' last two possessions. Got them down to the Seattle 24 in the first time, turnover on downs. Second time they got down to the the last possession of the game, they got down to the Seattle 10. Both times, turnovers on downs. Let me ask you, just, I, I just want, I, I know you're Mr. Objectivity, but I just want to get your opinion on something. How different do you feel that fourth quarter would have played out had Carson Wentz been able to finish that game? The way the Eagles were able to move the field, the three drives that ended in field goals, granted Carson was out there for what, one of them at the beginning of the game, and then the end of possession on I absolutely would have been in a much better position to put up points. I believe they would have put up more points, and I believe they would have won that game had Carson been able to finish the game. So I could have easily seen the year of the score put up 40, but I think they could have put up 24. I don't have uh, have the, uh, the paper in front of me where we gave our we gave our predictions, but you know we we both thought that the Eagles I could pull up pull out. Predict the Eagles twenty four seven. You picked. You predict the Eagles. Yeah, we both predicted. I don't even. But we, we both picked the Eagles to win. But I don't think either of us factored in that the out of the game after playing all of maybe nine minutes. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Now that the Eagles season is over, we got to look to the future. I want to read a couple of names off to you who are notable free agents. I want your opinion on who you believe we should be bringing back and who do you let walk. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Jordan Howard is a free agent. You bring him back? No. I think that will be a Jordan Howard doesn't want to come back. Okay. Jordan Howard is a guy who's more comfortable when he you can't carry and Really evident, Miles can get increased work going forward. Not so. I think we're able to. So Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard's out. What about Corey That's Clement? No on Jordan Howard. No on Jordan Howard. Corey Clement. He'll probably on that. It's hard to say. It depends on the okay. direction they have in the running back room. Nelson Aguilar. I don't think there's any way you can bring him back. I think the, the city and the fan base is too down on him. Everything about him as a person, he seems like a great person, but I think it's time for a fresh start for Nelson Aguilar. Now, what about Jason Peters? Jason Peters has already said that he wants to come back and play next year. Do you bring Jason Peters back? It's time to move on. Time to move as, on. As good as Jason Peters has been for the franchise, at, at his cap number, when you have a first-round pick sitting there waiting to play behind him and Andre Dillard, you have to move on eventually. As hard as it is to say, you know you love the guy, greatest Eagles. NFL is a business. And that money would be better spent putting weapons around Carson Wentz because you're going to have to do that this year. Okay. Well, given that, 
Halapulvati Vaita, a.k.a. Big V. He could be back, depends on the number he's going for. Let's move on to the quarterback position. What about Josh McCown? I don't even think he wants to come back. I mean, he... he Josh McCown. I mean, it was a good story. Everything was cool. I, I think he goes right back into what he, you know, what he was trying to do before he got that call at the end of the summer last year. I, I think Josh McCown rides off into the sun, rides back off into the sunset. I agree. Last one on the offensive side of the ball, Nate Sudfeld. The Eagles seem to be very high on him. I, I doubt he's going to have a whole lot of suitors around the league between coming back from an F. I'm on the field. So Sudfeld is the guy I could see being there. Let's move over to the defense. Ronald Darby. I think he's gone. You think Ronald Darby is gone. All right, well, what about what about Jalen Mills? He's a lot of missed time. And more likely than Darby to be back, if it was me, I'm looking to replace him. They don't want to pay a starter. I think I can pay that and spend that money. I can find someone who can play that position at a higher league. I'm looking for speed on the outside both sides of the ball because that was severely lacked this year. The thing about the Eagles secondary, and I, I want to bring uh, and I want to tie Rodney McLeod into this conversation as well. But I feel like with the Eagles secondary, the issue is I feel like they have a lot of good depth guys, but not guys I would necessarily want as number ones. I agree with you with your point. I pro- I think I would think that Jalen Mills would want starter money and wants to get paid starter money, but I don't want Jalen Mills as my starting cornerback. I want just like you. I want speed at the cornerback position. I want speed, and I want guys who I know can cover. And it seems like too often this season and last season, I'm watching Eagles cornerbacks lagging behind, biting on double moves, getting left in the dust. So that being said, you know, I, you know, I don't mind the Jalen Mills being on the team as, as, as a depth guy. But I don't want him as my starter. So if somebody is going to pay Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby for, as well starter money, I'm good. Thanks for coming out. Go get your go get your dough. And I think it, and, and to an extent, and that's pretty much how I I feel like they're going to want a starter yeah, corner money. Yeah, they're 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 going to want starting corner money, and I don't see either of those guys as starting corners. You know. I I, I agree. I, I see them, you know, playing the role that Sidney Jones played down the stretch. You know, you put him in for a play or two, you know, a situation mm-hmm. or two, but not not my starter. Not my starter. I don't want. I I, I, I I'm good on that. I agree. All right, let's move to some defensive linemen. Vinnie Curry and Tim Jernigan are both uh are both free agents. You bring either of them back. Vinny Curry, I, I liked the signing. I was happy to see him come back. I was sad to see him go at the end of uh, the Super Bowl season. But honestly, I'm not quite sure that he's give. You know, I I don't know if he's given me enough to warrant bringing him back. What do you, and unfortunately, I I liked the Timmy Jernigan signing. I liked the game that he plays. The problem is he doesn't play enough of those games. He's been hurt both of his seasons here. 
I, I think those are two names. I agree completely. Mm-hmm. And, and also, don't forget that you're also expecting Malik Jackson to be healthy that season. So, so yeah, yeah. While Jernigan was productive on when he was on the field, as you mentioned, he missed a lot of games. I think again, that's another place the Eagles can to save me. And you can find a player play that third for you. Assuming Malik Jackson is back healthy next year, defensive tackle with round the draft, you don't have to spend a lot of money in that position. Now, real quick, uh, uh, last on the list, we got Camus Grugier Hill. I like Grugier Hill, but I still feel like I want to see an upgrade at the linebacker position. I want to see better around Nigel Bradham. I feel like it's been too long since this team had a quality linebacker, a linebacker that you you think could be a leader of this defense. I understand that Malcolm Jenkins is the leader of this defense, and we'll talk about Malcolm Jenkins in a second. But I still feel like this team has lacked that stud linebacker for almost a decade. You know, I thought it could have been Jordan Hicks, but Jordan Hicks couldn't stay healthy. And, you know, they they let him go. And there's been a couple of people who've looked at me because Jordan Hicks was able to stay have a maintain a, a level of health down in Arizona, but I felt felt like you know I don't see that as the Eagles made a mistake because at this point you know it, it almost seemed lucky, you know. So to me, I I, I I just feel like I I just like I'm not blown away. I don't look at Jordan Hicks being healthy in Arizona as the Eagles made a mistake. Dude couldn't stay on the field when he was here. They had you know they had a decision to make. They made it, so I'm good with that. But Camus Grugier-Hill as a free agent, do you bring him back? Honestly, if I'm the Eagles, I'm probably looking to retool my whole linebacker core, yeah. my whole linebacking core. We, that position is, is one that needs to be – that that and the defensive secondary, I'm looking to retool. Yeah, I agree. agree. My, my front, we look to bring back a lot of them. But, yeah, my, the back the, end of the defense, yeah. we're shaking that up a little bit. Let, let me ask you this. Now, I, I think there are, a lot of people in, there are a lot of people in town who saw the stories about Cleveland looking at Jim Schwartz and were like, yeah, you know what? If Cleveland wants him, take him. You know, and in fact, there were probably even more people who say, hey, man, if Cleveland wants him, take him and make sure he takes grow with him. But I still think that. Jim Schwartz will be harder to replace than people think. And that's not to say that I feel like the Eagles should go out of their way to keep him. If he wants to go, then let him go. Like, I'm not going to shed too many tears over Jim Schwartz leaving, although he did help coach this defense to a Super Bowl. But nonetheless, if you got to move on, you got to move on. I do think that it might be harder to replace him than people think. Do you agree? There were definitely flaws, third and long, lack of blitzing, soft and pressure. But since Jim Johnson, there have been a few defensive coordinators. Jim Schwartz has by far been the most successful the Eagles have had. Agree, agree. You know, we still, you know, since Jim Johnson, you know, there's been Sean McDermott, uh, Juan Castillo. You know, oh. Uh, 
you know, it's it, 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 there, there's there's been a couple. There's definitely been a couple. And plus, there was a whole time, uh, the whole Chip Ke- Kelly era, bringing in the, you know, switching to the three four. So yeah, there, this Jim Schwartz is easily the most accomplished Eagles defensive coordinator since Jim Johnson. And that's not necessarily putting him in the same echelon or putting him in the same category as Jim Johnson, but that more goes to speak of where this defense has been since Jim Johnson passed away, where Jim Schwartz is is basically the best we've had over the last 10 or so years. But real quick, uh, Staying on the defense, one last one on the defense. Malcolm Jenkins has now said that he is not going to return without a new deal. He's going into the last year of his deal. My question to you is at 32 years old, although he, he keeps himself in good shape, he's been he he's been easily the best Eagles safety since Brian Dawkins. Do you give mm-hmm. do you give Malcolm Jenkins his money? I got to I got to think that Malcolm Jenkins is not looking for an obscene contract. He just wants to be paid what he believes he is worth. I don't believe that this would be what you know, like a back breaking contract. Do you give Malcolm Jenkins his money? Depends on the year. Yet you, as you mentioned, he is thirty-two. In his prime, he wasn't the fastest player on the field, and it is quite possible that another step soon. So I might pay him for a year, maybe two. Beyond that, I need to be able to get out of that deal. Honestly, if he's looking for anything longer than a two two year term on this contract. I'm saying goodbye to him as well. So you're walking away from Malcolm Jenkins if he wants if he wants more than two years. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, man. Only time will tell. Look, Mike Jones has been great talking Eagles with you all season long. We are going to have to. We, we will definitely do it a little bit closer to the draft. Bring in, maybe bring in a couple of mock draft experts. And that's not going to be hard because everyone considers themselves a mock draft expert these days. All you got to do is open a Twitter page and, you know, just throw out a couple of names. But we'll, we'll, we will definitely do a mock draft later on this year, trying to figure out what the Eagles will do in the draft. And we'll also talk a lot of uh, Eagles free agency as the offseason starts. All right. I'll do it. I'll be looking forward to it. All right. I'm looking forward to it as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Green Over Everything podcast. Remember, tell us what you think of this show. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W Sports. My name is Brown. That's my man, Jonesy. We'll talk to you next time. Go Birds. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.